the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Jack Wright, Brendan Chagru. Now, Logan Bradley is going to be uh, kind of all over the place. He got a new job. Boys, it's really exciting. We're, we're excited for him. We can't say exactly who he's working for, but we're just going to say he is working for a very professional organization that covers sporting events. That's all we're going to say. Uh, he's moving out to Los Angeles and we're, we're stoked for him, but it's going to be a little bit all over the place. He may be with us. He might not be with us. But in the meantime, we couldn't be more excited that our good friend Patrick Sheldon is taking on a bit more of a, I don't know, semi-permanent, a more official role with it. Patrick, I don't know what it is, but all I know is that I am excited that you are with us, my friend. How's everything going? Thank you so much, Ryan. Things are going great. Um, yeah, no, I am excited and thrilled to be taking over uh, and keeping the seat warm for as long as Logan needs it. So excited to be here with you guys. And uh, I can't wait to jump in to talk about this week's game. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it, it's it's a little bit heartbreaking. Obviously, uh, Brennan will break it down for us. But yet again this week and folks, actually, you know, this reminds me. If you're listening and you think, yes, I have really enjoyed having a fan of the opposing team kind of give us their breakdown of the situation, uh, what they kind of thought, like whether why their team won or why their team lost. Uh, we are lucky enough to have from Game on Wisconsin and Greg Williams has actually been on the pod before. Greg, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I mean, yeah, I think what the last time it was when I was in Arizona. So it was only a couple months ago. Yeah. And you know what? We had a really good conversation and, and, I, and I appreciate it greatly. And so, so obviously, you know, Jack's got to, he's going to shoot you the question, the only real question uh, that we've got for you, but I may have a follow-up or two, maybe about referees. We'll just see. Hey, uh, why did the Green Bay Packers win today? You know, I just think, I think running the ball was big today. Um, you know, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, that, I mean, I think those two guys have been a phenomenal job so far this year. And I think the defense, it's it's weird to say, but our defense is, is they seem good, but there also seems like there's so there's a lot of things going on there, especially with the injuries. Uh, we started off slow on uh, defensively, but it seems like they they maybe got uh, into a groove. The we started getting some pressure, specifically from Kenny Clark, but uh, I I really think maybe it was up front, you know, just offensive line really got the run game going, and I think that was probably the major difference once the run game started going, Rodgers got a little more comfortable and kind of built that play action a little bit. Greg, how were you kind of feeling uh, in the start of this game? Bears are running the ball really well. They're moving the ball well and obviously getting those, those sacks on Rodgers pretty early. Did you, were you nervous at all? Were you kind of like, Hey, he's going to get settled. He's going to do his thing. So that's, that's one thing when Bears Packers uh, play. Cause I, I get, I mean, I have tons of friends that are bear fans. So they'll send me a text like, Oh, Rodgers are already getting sacked. This should be a smooth game for us. I'm like, it's only the first quarter. It's like, it's the first series. So I, I don't, I don't really get into it. And maybe until maybe the third, fourth quarter, because that's when, you know, things start to catch on. That's more consistency, but yeah, you know, the, the, the Packers started to drive very well in their first possession. It felt like, all right, we're going to go down and score. Those two sacks really hurt us. And all of a sudden the bears are driving down the field. I was like, Oh, all right, here we go. Didn't, did not expect this. I honestly thought that green Bay go score, maybe keep them quiet a little bit, but, Bears, I mean, you got to tip your hat. They came out firing, and uh, I'm just happy Green Bay, you know, obviously made some adjustments later on. So, Greg, and first off, it's awesome to finally talk to you because I know we've gone back and forth at your previous uh, previous stop writing for Bears Wire for a bit. And I know Ryan kind of teed it up a little bit earlier about, you know, possibly referees. Do you think that that missed offsides call was the turning point of the game? A little, it, at least the momentum, right? You know, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I'll agree. It, it was kind of a BS call. Um, you know, it felt like it looked like he was offsides. Maybe when the play exactly happened and didn't look like it, maybe until the replay. But yeah, it, especially because what Justin Fields tried to take a shot down the field. He thought he had the free play. All of a sudden, Savage comes down with the interception. Even the Packer fans were kind of like, or Packers players were like, all right, it's, it's coming back, whatever, offsides. But 
it wasn't. So yeah, it, it definitely turned the tides a little bit. Maybe the turnover got the Packers players going or something, but yeah, it definitely was, I think a little bit of a turning point to where like, Hey, green Bay, they took advantage of something. Greg, I think this may be a question that you're sick of answering, but I am genuinely curious just as an overall, how did you feel about the officiating of this particular game? It was tough. It, it, it was pretty bad. It's been bad pretty much all season for any, really any game. I mean, you see it on Sunday night football, Monday night, some key moments, it's been brutal and it's kind of like baseball. I mean, we just saw baseball with the check swing with, uh, I believe the giants or Bray. I forgot who played, but um, yeah, I mean, but to stay away from baseball, I mean, it's just, I hate when officials get involved in the game too much. If that makes sense. It's a little bit of a killer kills, the, kills the mood a little bit. We're there to watch the players. We're not there to watch the referees throw flags and everything, but yeah, both teams got bit a little bit. Uh, Bears obviously with the offsides play Packers. You can maybe make a case with the St. Brown touchdown. It wasn't a touchdown. Agreed. It, it was, it was just a back and forth thing where you kind of, I mean, kind of got to, beat the refs, but it's, it's always hard to do that no matter what side you're on. Greg, last question. It's something that uh, is going to be the conversation of a lot of people. Um, I own you. I still own you. I've owned you my whole effing life. Um, that, that conversation, I I'm sure as a Packers fan, you, you know, this guy is a hall of fame quarterback. He is one of the best to ever play the game. And I also know probably there's, you know, a bit of pride that comes with, you know, a, a guy having a lot of gusto. Did, did you have any issues with it, especially considering how much the NFL is, is trying to pin down the, the taunting calls and all that stuff? I'm honestly surprised he didn't get a taunting call for that, but uh, I loved it just because it shows the, it shows the emotion of the players. And he said like he blacked out after like a bears fan, like through two middle fingers at him. So I thought that was kind of cool, but it was also like one of those legendary moments, at least for Packer fans. That's kind of like, dang, like he did that. And that was, that was pretty cool. I mean, we've seen it in the past, like with the Cobb receptions and everything like that, the game when he touched down, you're like, dang, those are like legendary moments that felt like a legendary celebration a little bit to be like, dang, he, I, I hate to say to you guys, but like 20, 21 and six. We, we know, we, we yeah, know, Greg. It's... Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, we want to say thank you so much for, for giving up uh, part of your, your Sunday evening to, to come and hang out with us. Obviously I know you're going to go enjoy that victory, but, uh, but we look forward to uh, hopefully speaking with you uh, when the bears and Packers play again. Yeah, best of luck on the season. I mean, Justin Fields is a, I, I like him. I hate to admit it. Ohio state. He was really good over there, but you guys got something going. Hopefully down the road in a couple of weeks, guys kind of figure out that offense and you get going and get a good, good uh, rematch for game two. Absolutely. Greg, thank you so much. Take care of yourself. All right. You too. I'll say this. Aaron Rodgers needs a haircut in the worst way possible. There's only one spot that he can go to get it done. And that's at Sheridan's barbershop. Will, if you're listening, just think about what you would do to that man's hair. I know you've got sharp objects and you'd be sitting in your chair. So, you know, just, just going to put that out there. Sheridan's barbershop located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 67 years. With five barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, they've got appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan'sBarbershop.com. Or give him a call, 630-668-0137. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, Brendan, we heard Greg's take on the game. You know what I want to hear. Let's go. Brendan's breakdown, baby. The oldest and most infuriating rivalry was renewed on Sunday as the Green Bay Packers visited the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Mammals versus cheese, you gotta love it. And it was the live animals who struck first, thanks to a heavy dose of Khalil Herbert Hoover, who made everyone go damn when he scored his first career touchdown to make it seven to nothing. Green Bay seemed ready to pack it in before calling in the cavalry, the refs. A missed offsides call led to an interception by Justin Fields and yet another check for the generous bank of the Green Bay Packers to the officials with new life. Aaron Rodgers channeled his inner Ash Ketchum, saying, I choose you to Alan Charizard Lazard to tie it up seven all. Then Mason Bing Crosby said, I'm dreaming of a made field goal and saw his dreams come true to make it a 10-7 ball game. 
Things only got worse for the Bears when Aaron Alex Jones conspired his way into the end zone for the 17-7 lead. Though the Bears pulled within three points after Fields found Darnell Goonies Mooney, Rodgers truffle shuffled down the field when he ran into the end zone on the next possession, shouting at Bears fans and communicating with the Soldier Field faithful more than he has with his own family. The Packers win this one 24-14, dropping the Bears back to 500. Oh, that was so good. I can't believe he did it. He did it. Damn. That was good. Wow. So creative, man. That's so good. Brendan, I just want you to know how proud I am of you right now. That was that was incredible. You know, it's the only joy I got from this game. <laughs> Everything else was rough, but thank you. I'm, you know, glad that one worked out. I, I'm, You know how hard it is to try and keep, like, you know, creating different things each week. So I'm, I'm happy to keep doing it as, as long as it keeps working. Brendan, I think you've done a fantastic job and I know our listeners are appreciating every single second of it. Folks, we're going to shake things up a little bit. You know, we were, we're kind of talking about this, kind of thinking about this. And, you know, we, we spoke with the fantastic, the amazing Jeff Cadwalder. We said, hey, we're going we're gonna to shake things up a little bit. And instead of just saying the good and the bad, we're going to pr- turn this into an entirely new segment called The Penthouse and The Outhouse. Sponsored by Jeff Cadwalder with At Properties. Obviously, folks, the, the, the good things that we're going to be seeing, those folks that deserve to be in the penthouse, we're going to be talking about them first. Then we'll be breaking out down to who is going to be in the outhouse. Penthouse Outhouse brought to you by Jeff Cadwalder from At Properties. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home this year, you've got to visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwalder with At Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Visit GenevaJeff.com today or give him a call, a text at 630-254-4734. All right, gentlemen, let's start with the penthouse. I think the penthouse is going to be a little bit more empty than, uh, than last week, uh, but let's, let's start it out. Who's in the penthouse? We're going to go Patrick, Jack, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Yeah, so my penthouse, uh, I'm going to circle back to somebody I mentioned last, year, or last week as... Um, maybe not performing that well. And I criticize him a bit, but um, I like to be reasonable and give him props where props are due. I thought Jakeem Grant played great today um, in the return game. I thought he did a tremendous job. I thought uh, he had a couple of plays where admittedly at the beginning, I said, Oh gosh, what's he doing here? And um, he managed to turn a little bit of nothing into something and gave the bears some pretty good field position on a number of drives. Now they didn't cash in on them, but um, I want to give credit where credit is due. And I thought Grant had a really nice, nice game today uh, in the return game. So it, he gets my, my first official penthouse. I would put both of the Bears' scoring drives in, in the penthouse, or I might call it the Rain Man suite, uh, because I thought of all of the things that you know went awry today, probably the most joyful part of the game was the opening drive. And I think it was well calculated. It was well executed. There was a a nice balance of run and pass. um, And we saw, um, you know, Herbert get his first touchdown, as mentioned. Uh, Great ball to Mooney in the end zone on that second drive. And and that second drive in the second half was was needed. uh, And I think maybe there was still a bit of a chance. So I think those two scoring drives were huge pluses. Those two scoring drives are in the penthouse for me. I'm going to have to say the Bears pass rushers, specifically the outside linebackers, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. I've got to, I always <laughs> think of that now, thanks to Ian Eagle. But Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, those two players specifically, I thought had just excellent games. And how, how many times are we just going to keep saying like Robert Quinn? Like, are we even surprised anymore? I mean, we're in week six and the guy just continues to stack impressive performances on top of each other. So Robert Quinn, he had three solo tackles, four total, one sack, two tackles for losses. I mean, he was a force in the passing game and the running game. I mean, you saw him essentially just wrap up guys behind the line of scrimmage. He was everywhere. He, he was just great. And Khalil Mack was great as always. I, I thought the two outside rushers really made life a living hell for Aaron Rodgers. I wish we could say the same for the interior because that's where he saw a lot of issues, but I got to give a lot of credit to the pass rushers because those two guys are definitely earning their contracts and it came up big. 
Well, I don't know if this was in our text chain, boys. Uh, somebody brought it up, and I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due. Is I think he might be a legitimate candidate for comeback player of the year. W- was that in our text chain, boys? At some point, it probably was. I, I, I think early on, we were talking about it for sure. I mean, if he keeps playing at this level, I mean, he's got to be in the conversation considering how God awful last year he was uh, to how amazing he's been this year. And not just even as a pass rusher, right? You know, we were, Brendan, I know you were just talking about it, but like, I mean, just his, his play all over the place. It seems like every time there's a, a play made behind the line of scrimmage, you know, he's there somewhere, obviously boys, you know, we got to talk about Khalil Herbert. Uh, you know, I, I know we talked about the first touchdown. He should have had two, but Hey, let's, let's call a holding call because it's the Chicago bears playing the green Bay Packers. Uh, that was not a holding call whatsoever, but 19 carries 97 yards and a touchdown there. There was a whole lot to love there. Uh, that just was really great. Uh, you know, I think when you get Monty back, and then you've got Khalil Herbert and Damian Williams. I know, I think I said this last week, but I mean, I'm even more excited now about it than I was before. And if this is going to be a run first, run 80% of the time offense with those guys carrying the, the rock, I think I'm okay with that. I think, uh, I think I'm all right with that. One more uh, gentleman that I've got to give um, is to uh, Corey Walsh at BDR wrote a piece. Uh, I think it was called Behind Enemy Lines. Um, it is a phenomenal story. Uh, and Corey tells it so well. Um, and if you get the opportunity folks to head to beardownreport.com, check it out, read it whenever you possibly can. It was so good. Absolutely loved it. So that's uh, working our way out of the penthouse and let's head out to the outhouse. Cause I think there's a whole lot going out there. Uh, so let's do this. Let's shake it up a little bit. We're going to go Jack, Patrick, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to suggest that the reason that the Bears lost was because of the officials. I, I don't really think that that's the way that we would roll because that's just not factual. But there's no doubt that the officials were terrible. Um, they missed a you know a clear uh, player in the neutral zone, um, which then parlayed itself into an interception. Then they missed uh, Aaron Rodgers grabbing onto. Mario Edwards Jr.'s face mask, which then parlayed itself into another personal foul on Mario Edwards Jr. Uh, besides that, um, they missed what I thought was a clear pick play on the exterior in the third quarter. Um, I think Greg Olson tried to sell it as perfect timing. I disagree. Um, they missed a taunting uh, you know, at the end of the game uh, on Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I'm sure that I'm forgetting something, but... Uh, I also thought, oh, and the holding, <laughs> the holding on Mustafer on the touchdown uh, that, um, you know, that Khalil Herbert had. And then there was also a reference in our, our, our string, when, you know, I don't know why you'd hold Eddie Jackson, but I think there was a moment when Eddie Jackson <laughs> was blatantly, blatantly held, which was, they should probably, future teams should probably sh- like strategize differently and not worry about holding him. So, I mean, I know there's so much funny stuff out there, you know, about like the, you know, the referees being, you know, the, you know, the, the, the 12th man for the Packers and, um, you know, that <laughs> mentioning that they are like one of the least penalized teams in the NFL um, while the bears had, I think six penalties. It just, I don't know. I, you mentioned it to Greg, I think regardless of which team you root for, that was pretty atrocious. And I do think it changed the nature of the game distinctly. It contributed to the change in momentum, along with other things that the Bears saw after their first scoring drive. Gentlemen, I want to ask a quick question. If you are the head coach of the Chicago Bears, if you're Matt Nagy, is Eddie Jackson still your starter at safety? No, I... I so <laughs> not, not to jump ahead, but this, the safety position for the Chicago bears today is in my outhouse and it is full. It is overflowing right now. Uh, whether it was Tayshawn Gibson missing how many tackles today, he was, um, you know, listen, I've got some familiarity with the consistency of baby do uh, recently. <laughs> I know how soft it is. Um, it is not, as soft as Eddie Jackson and Tayshawn Gibson. Uh, <laughs> terrible, terrible performance from them. It is week in and week out with Eddie Jackson. You know, um, 
Gibson hasn't been this bad. Maybe it's starting to rub off on him, but it's becoming uh, a, a theme with Eddie Jackson, and it's frustrating to watch week in and week out. Uh, I don't know how much more I can watch it, honestly. I don't know if things start going south, if maybe this is the beginning of a losing streak because the Bears are coming up on a tough part of their schedule. Things start to go south. I think you really have to look to see what, if anything, you can get for Eddie Jackson. It's going to be tough to move that contract, but uh, he is uh, he's checked out a bit since he got that bag, so to speak. I don't know. He was second in tackles today. He had eight total tackles with six solos, Patrick. I mean, you want to ship that guy? I'm I'm only being partially serious. I mean, you do because some of them I think he just fell into, but the amount of times that he goes for the ball or does such a terrible job trying to, you know, uh, form tackle is just incredibly obvious and terrible. There was one good Eddie Jackson tackle today, and I think it was Aaron Jones when he came up on the sideline. He limited him to like one or no yards or something. And I said, I was like, that was a great tackle. And then you never saw anything after that. I mean, I don't even know where those six tackles came from unless he was, you know, dogpiling on somebody while trying to get the ball. But I mean, yeah, you're right, though, Jack. If you look at the stats, it looks like he actually did pretty good. But it also means that guys are running free in the in the secondary. I always feel a little bit bad saying mean things about these guys because they're human beings. Um, And I tweeted something today about it. And then someone retweeted it and made sure to tag uh, Eddie Jackson in it. And normally I would have been like, Hey, maybe we don't do that, but you know what? Like he needs to hear it. And, and, you know, I know he's a guy that's referenced, you know, like people, you know, talk a lot, man, fix it, make it better. uh, Because you're not very good right now. And I think on any other team, this dude is benched, uh, but I don't think we have, any better options. So obviously they're they're going to keep him rolling. Brendan, let's, let's, let's get things back on track, please. If you could, uh, who, who's in the outhouse for you. All right. So I do want to build on Jack and Patrick's point real quick with the officiating. I'm, I'm one of those people that doesn't like to blame the officials either. I know that they're calling for both sides and everything, but this really was a perfect storm of bad calls all around. You had the missed neutral zone infraction, like you said. You had ball placement issues all over the place. You would have missed timeout when Justin Fields is like in your face trying to get a timeout. There were clock issues that were going on as well. I mean, literally just go through it all, and there was a missed call every which way that you can say. So, I mean, this really wasn't just like, well, you can't blame like one or two plays. This this was a lot, and it's, it's a huge problem, and you're seeing it all over the league. And I know we like to joke about all the refs are definitely in the Packers pockets or vice versa. I'm not sure how that goes, but either way, it it really did, I think, impact the game. And it's something the league needs to take into consideration with the secondary. It's not just the safeties guys. What was Xavier Crawford doing out there? He was getting burned. Jalen Johnson. He, at times he did okay, but Devonta Adams made sure to let him know that, Hey, you are not on my level. And if you want to challenge me and be the guy that you want to guard, I mean, you got to play better than that. We, we like to clown Eddie Jackson's tackling, especially on that one play when Adams ran free. Jalen Johnson just gave up. I mean, I'm not sure if that was a design like zone coverage, but it sounds like when you're shadowing somebody, you're going with them the whole time. So overall, just the corners and the safeties, I feel like had, had a lot of issues. And my own that I'll contribute here is the chemistry between Allen Robinson and Justin Fields. I don't know what's happening there. It just seems like multiple plays, those two are just not in sync. I know we haven't, we haven't really talked about Fields a lot yet, and I'm sure we will. He definitely had an up and down day. It was shaky, good at times, bad at times. But I mean, it seemed like Allen Robinson stopped running on some routes. He was in the wrong place. Like Justin Fields seemed to get defensive when asked about it for a specific play. It, it was odd. So I'm, I'm just kind of wondering what's going on between those two. And it, you know, if you got to get your, prototypical wide receiver one and QB one on the same page here. Can I steal one more? Can I, I I know I already had a shot at the outhouse. Um, It's a big toilet, man. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, where I do my best thinking. um, And I just had another thought. Uh, I'd like to give an honorable mention to, to Matt Nagy. I know I've railed on him in the past, but what a terrible, terrible performance by him. Look, if he's not calling plays, then he needs to be in tune with every other aspect of the game as a head coach. I get Justin Fields try to call a timeout and the refs missed it. But if you're the head coach and you're coming off a 10 minute break 
where the play's being challenged and you have all the time in the world to call a play and maybe an audible, um, why, why do you have a miscommunication and a delay game? Or why do you not run up to the ref when you see the, the play clock winding down and call the timeout as well? So that was one. Two, um, the, the challenge. You call oh. a timeout, then you challenge the play. You win the challenge, but you've already burned the timeout. So, like, what is he doing? He just doesn't seem uh, in tune to the head coaching things that he needs to do. And his offense is a disaster. I, I want to reference something because um, I retweeted a couple weeks ago, and it was something that when I read it, it, it was like a light bulb moment. And I said, oh, my gosh. Uh, it was written by Ben Solak for The Ringer, and he was breaking down a play against the Browns, and he said – uh, this design pretty much offers nothing but pre-snap choice for fields. He can take Komet on the crosser against Harrison, Robinson in the slot against Grant Delpit, or the deep comeback to the top of the screen. Now listen to this part, because this is, this is what really I thought was uh, um, emblematic of today's scheme. He can only pick one because they're all developing at the exact same time. He can't progress from one to two to three. And if the first one is covered, pressure is pretty much inevitable given the quality of the offensive line. If you refer back to the third and 15 play at the end of the game, um, Greg Olson said it. He broke down the play and he said, all these guys are developing late. You've got third and 15 where a field goal keeps you in the game. And for some reason, he's got a rookie quarterback going through full field reads on third and 15, where they're all breaking 15 yards down the field at the same time. Like, what is he doing? Listen, guys, Brian Dayball cannot get here fast enough for me. I know Benjamin Albright tweeted it out last week. I hope he's, he's, he's right. Um, he says he's the leader in the clubhouse for Chicago. I hope he means it because I literally cannot take another season of Matt Nagy. Absolutely nailed it. I mean, not only – you know, th there was a, a little bit of an uptick when um, the play calling went to Bill Lazor, but that doesn't change the fact that there is no patently successful play caller in the building currently. So it, it's better, but what are we talking about here? And like, it's the shinier turd, you know, and then <laughs> simultaneously, you're right. The, the emperor has been exposed. When, when we play good teams, the flaws come out. And to me, the, the most terrible flaw is that even though he's still just the head coach he permeates the entire team he coaches scared he coaches scared the best example i can give you is we ran two wide receiver screens again today uh, i don't understand like we've never ever gotten them to work ever so i just think the the game is bigger than he is i think sadly it's still you know his effect is still you know, permeating his, his offensive ideology, his hesitancy, you know, no matter how good the defense is, no matter how tenacious they are, th that can't be overcome. Last thing, the, there has been several occasions where on a drive, we have gotten into the red zone and he has completely trashed our momentum in some way, shape or form, either with a delay of game or not being able to get the play call in fast enough or getting the play call in, but then running something so incredibly stupid and cute that it is completely ineffective. And whatever downhill momentum we had to score is completely shot. And so th the momentum change was was naggy. Momentum change was, was the officials for sure but it really was a combination of both of those things. He, he's not capable of doing this job well. He might be a great guy. He needs to go, no doubt. Did you see when LaFleur ran the tight end shuffle pass, the Matt Nagy special? That was a giant middle finger like, Matt Nagy, you're so bad. You want to see how this works for a touchdown? Here it is right here. Infuriating. I'll just say this because this the 15th anniversary just happened. The Bears are who we thought they were, who they thought we were. This is an average football team. You're not going to beat the Packers, who are a much better football team than you, and you are going to beat up on the lower competition. We're 500 six weeks into the season. So this it just proves that this team is who we thought they were. It was tougher to watch the Minnesota Vikings win on a walk-off touchdown uh, at the end of the game. Just some energy, some enthusiasm, and, and some offense, uh, which... I've got, a, I've got a lot of people in the outhouse. So gentlemen, please, 
if you if you can hang out with me for for just a second. Uh, so the first one is the run defense. Bears gave up 154 yards on the ground, and they pride themselves on that. They didn't tackle when they were supposed to. Aaron Jones is a good running back, but the Bears made him look just spectacular today. It was really, really frustrating. I'm going to go with the NFL. They're in my outhouse. Taunting, taunting, taunting all these calls. They, they, you get the, the face mask pulled down, and then, then you know, Mario Edwards Jr., who we know makes stupid decisions as far as penalties are concerned, then points to Aaron Rodgers, and he somehow gets a taunting penalty. But a dude drops the F-bomb and says, I own you. I've owned you my whole effing life. And he doesn't get a, t- a taunting penalty. The hypocrisy is infuriating. You know, I, I don't have a, a super strong stance on the John Gruden thing. I don't like John Gruden. I'm not a huge fan, but, but some of the things that have gone back and forth that the NFL allows for yet condemns that, which they should condemn that they should condemn the things that, that he was saying in those emails. I, I, I'm so frustrated by it. They, they, they retweeted it. Oh, look, look at what he said about it. Guys, that is the definition of taunting. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He is an absolute and utter talent. We, no one will deny that. But he's not a good person. And I'm sick of watching him on commercials. I'm sick of hearing him. I'm, and, 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 and a moment like that, I blacked out. No, you didn't. You knew exactly what you said. And, you know, you knew exactly what you were doing through the whole thing. Just middle fingers up to you, buddy. Justin Fields, Gah. I mean, he had a couple couple good drives, but but I hate to say this, and I see people, it's like, you can't say anything negative about Justin Fields. Yes, we can. I know he's a rookie. He's still developing, but damn, guys, the, the holding on to the ball too long, taking sacks when he should throw the ball away, and, and it's it's a thing that, that I've always thought he's going to be a guy that's going to make things better uh, week to week to week, and he's not improving that at all. And the one last one, Bill Lazor, you know, as much as we, we gave him praise earlier, the game plan was kind of garbage today. I mean, and, it, and if the early parts of it were good, give the, the rock to Khalil Herbert, let him run it. And then all of a sudden it just kind of fell apart. Yeah. So great call on Bill Lazor, because I, I thought, again, they went away from what was working, right? They had that great first drive where Fields was getting the ball out quick, making quick decisions, um, and putting the ball in the hands of his playmakers. And then they completely got away from it. And, you know, I want to go back and I want to watch the game again because I saw some references to Fields holding on to the ball way too long. But I go back to the quote that I read from Ben Solak's piece, and I go back to the, the breakdown of Greg Olson on that third and 15 play, and I just wonder how many of those plays were Fields holding on to the ball too long versus – those plays just taking way too long to develop, um, and and he had no other choice, right? So I want to I want to take a look at that and see where do we put the blame? Is it on fields for holding the ball too long? And I'm sure there were some where he was, but how much of it is really the scheme where you've got four receivers breaking at the same depth at the same time um, and putting your your rookie quarterback in a terrible situation? But great call on Laser because if he was truly calling the plays, where was that? that uh, play calling we saw on the first drive, the rest of the game, we saw it on the, on the second touchdown drive, but he just seemed to go away again from what was working. Uh, and that seems to be a hallmark of, of Nagy's play calling. So I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to start rumors, but it just seemed a little bit um, suspicious to me that they went away from what was working on that first drive. Patrick, I totally agree with you. The routes were taking too long to develop, but a quarterback has to get a sense of, Hey, I'm about to get sacked. I don't care that, that no one's open. It's time to throw the ball away a few times where he's taking a sack when it's like, just throw the ball away, live, live to fight another day. You know, when those routes aren't developing, sure. Then, then, but you know, so I totally agree with you. And I, you guys know, I loathe Matt Nagy as the bears head coach. I want Brian Dable so very bad. Um, but you know, this is what we have as of right now, Jack, this question is just for you. And I was thinking about this one today. Who's a bigger D-bag? Is it Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers? Wow, man. That's a great question. Yes, it is. I mean, 
The answer is yes. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> boy, I mean, there's here's the thing with with Rogers. It's weird, you know, because you hear stories about. I think I heard a story one time about how he like he likes to walk around Chicago, and this mother and son, you know, saw him walking around Chicago, and apparently struck up a conversation with him, and he was super nice. Like he was kind, and you know, he interacted with them, and you know, he even you know paid attention to the little kid. But in the meantime, like the, the level of smugness right now is off the charts, man. And here's what I think it is. No one questions his ability as a player, not even for a second. He is elite. He is a future Hall of Famer. He owns the Bears. But the stuff, you know, uh, that he pulled in the offseason, you know, we all everybody puts the, the fun and dysfunction when it comes to families. But he seems to be like really great at that as well. The commercials, as we mentioned, are terrible. I mean, I guess Kirk Cousins is just kind of a spaz, you know, and, and he takes some personal choices that I personally disagree with. My answer is uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Kirk Cousins just kind of seems like that kid in high school that was bullied and, you know, has kind of had a little bit of a glow up, but tries a little bit too hard. And I will <laughs> say, when you when you keep talking about the Aaron Rodgers – commercials i was just this some this is something that shouldn't bother me but you know how they do those like in-game commercials where they go to a quick timeout they're focusing on aaron Rodgers while the state farm aaron Rodgers commercial comes up right next to him and i'm just like this is just bs i don't need to see two of this man on my screen right now while he's talking about jeopardy and trying to be a funny guy okay i don't need to see it and it's yeah it's just those stupid little things that make you more infuriated than it should be and yeah, I'd probably have to agree, agree with you, Jack. Aaron Rodgers, definitely the bigger D bag, but you know what? He's, he's earned it and I hate it because yeah. he has owned us and he could easily go into that stadium and say it. Gentlemen, it's time to get to game balls. Hopefully we're going to laugh at some point throughout this podcast more than we have, but you know, it's, it's tough. We all picked the Packers to win, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, we're all hoping in our heart of hearts that, that a win is going to happen and it didn't happen uh, yet again. We're just sick of this constant disappointment. Time to give out some game balls. Let's go, Brendan, Patrick, Jack, and I will finish it up. Okay, I'm going to actually mention somebody who we haven't talked about yet in this game. I'm going to give my game ball to Cole Komet. Cole Komet had four catches for 49 yards. I believe that's a career high. One of the I'd say most impactful plays that he made was just a leaping grab, climbing the ladder down the middle of the field to set up the Bears' second touchdown. He was way more involved in this game plan than really all season combined, I feel like. This was definitely, hopefully, a breakout performance getting him more involved. And good things happen when you get your tight ends involved. So hats off to Cole Komet. I'm finally glad to see him arrive. It only took six weeks, but here we are. And hopefully this is a jumping off point to get him more involved in the offense moving forward. Just really quick to that, Brendan, I know a lot of people have been asking, what's he doing? They're, they haven't been thrilled with him. I think he's a really good blocker that hasn't been given a lot of targets, and I'm excited to, to see it happen. Yeah, so uh, my game ball, I'm going to go to probably the most obvious um, player this week, and I was really excited to see what he could do with more carries. And he lived up to every expectation I had and exceeded them. Khalil Herbert was fantastic today uh, to the point where I'd be lying if I, if I said that a thought didn't creep into my head, um, which was, you know, does David Montgomery get his job back when, when he's healthy, right? I mean, if Herbert keeps playing the way he has, um, he looked terrific. Uh, he's got excellent vision. Uh, the one thing I'd like to see him improve upon is receiving out of the backfield. But from a, a pure run perspective, um, he hits the holes. He hits them hard. Uh, he's tough to bring down. He's got great contact balance. I just thought for a rookie um, in his first start, he played phenomenal. He was the main guy. He had a pickup pass pro. Uh, he did He did a phenomenal job. So hats off to Khalil Herbert in his first start as a rookie. I thought he exceeded expectations and uh, played just a phenomenal game. I was thinking I'd go full snark and give a game ball to the guy that, you know, gave the double bird to Aaron Rodgers in the end zone or maybe to the officials themselves, uh, because that's probably who Green Bay gave the, the game ball to. He was mentioned. 
I'll go, I'll go more serious. I mean, he was in, mentioned earlier uh, and had just a, a phenomenal game. I do want to say that I think last year when we criticized Quinn, it was justified. I don't think I, anybody, I don't feel like I need to take back what I said about him. He didn't play well for whatever reason. And now he is. So equal props for that. He had uh, four uh, total tackles, uh, three solo. Uh, he had one sack. He had two talk tackles for losses and one quarterback hit. Um, so he's he's a beast, and he he keeps coming, and so he gets my game ball today. And I wanted to just really quickly, I do agree with you guys on Cole Komet. When we talked to Matt Lacoste, who plays for New England, he talked about how it takes longer for Titans to develop because they do have to play essentially two positions: offensive line and you know run routes. And I I think his progression although maybe a little slower than we expected has been, has been good. And I, I, I'm still hopeful for his high ceiling. I'm not giving you two game balls out. I'm giving just a quick honorable mention to Greg Olson. I thought he was really good. His analysis was spot on really liked. I, I would like more Greg Olson uh, in, in my life. My game ball is going to none other than Brendan Shagru. Brendan Shagru is six and zero oh with his staff picks of the Chicago Bears this season. He has been spot on. You know, I Brendan. I know that we're technically rivals because we're we're going for uh, our boss is is giving out a cash prize to the winner this year. But Brendan Shagru keeps his staff picks hilarious and spot on. So Brendan, my game ball is is going to you, my friend. I was like, what did I do when he said that? <laughs> I know I had a lot of people coming after me too. Like, how could you pick the Packers? And I'm, I'm like, because Aaron Rodgers is the boogeyman. And we I, just saw it. Like, what planet are you guys living on where like we can think that the Bears can like outmatch this team? So, well, th- thank you. I appreciate that. But now the pressure keeps mounting because now I, now I got to see how long it can go. I love Bears fans. But the ones that were like, we're going to win by like two touchdowns. I was like, what, where, where, where where is that going to happen? How is that going to, have we been watching the same Matt Nagy led team throughout all of this? It it seems that, and I think we all fall into this category though. So let's say tomorrow we're, we're really down, right? Bears lost to the Packers. There's no way we're going next, next week to beat the Bucks. Practice starts happening. We see guys are getting healthy. Maybe. And Thursday, Friday come along and you're like, you know what? This might actually happen. I think I could talk myself into it. And then by the time game time rolls around, you're like, yeah, I'm predicting an upset. And then we just get disappointed. It all happens all over again. Jack, I am stealing your question this week. Um, I've been thinking about this one. Hopefully this one goes well. We'll see. We'll find out. Gentlemen, what are you most likely going to be arrested for? Something that's going to happen. What are you going to get arrested for? Uh, we're going to go Patrick, Brendan, Jack, and I will finish it up. What are you going to get arrested for? It's probably going to be uh, kidnapping Matt Maggie <laughs> and moving him to an undisclosed location for the remainder of the season. Uh, yeah, it's going to be something involving the Bears and and um, ensuring that Matt Maggie is nowhere near Soldier Field for the foreseeable future. Um, so if that happens, uh, we may need to delete this podcast because this is probably going to be used as evidence in my criminal trial. But, um, I think that is probably at the top of my list right now for things that I would be arrested for. As long as we understand the why Patrick, that's all that matters. (laughs) That's real, Ryan. That's real. I hate you guys so much. <laughs> that was such a good answer. <laughs> that really was. And I, I think just choose that because we can all be accomplices. Yeah, that's we'll, true. we're going to be there with him. Anyway, so. that, yeah, he's that not going to go willingly. That is a great idea because I'm racking my brain trying to think what I would be arrested for. I feel like I'm too much of a goody two shoes. But if Patrick came to me and said, "Hey, Brendan, I got this awesome plan." to kidnap Matt Nagy and take him to an undisclosed location. Hell yeah. I'm getting involved in that. I'll be your getaway driver. It's a heist. totally just, I mean, this, this could become like a four person operation and I would have my part, but if like, you know, the, I wouldn't rat anybody out, but I would like definitely have, you know, not the worst (laughs) sentence of all of us. I feel like, I don't know. That's just kind of, I feel like in a criminal thing, that's just how I'd roll. 
So this so is it's... officially a conspiracy, by the way, guys. <laughs> we have we have reached the threshold for uh, a conspiracy to commit kidnapping. If, <laughs> if Matt Nagy doesn't come into work tomorrow, we might be in trouble. <laughs> so I mean, which one of who is not oh, wanting man. to be in a heist movie, right? Like everyone that wants to like, oh, I want to yeah. be the guy in the heist. Who's going to be the mastermind that plans it? Like, I, I, I don't I think my, my money's on Patrick to be the mastermind, I guess. <laughs> That's where my vote's at. All right. So Jack, what about you? Are, are you, are you just joining the heist or are you getting arrested for something else? So I'm a flawed human being. Um, we all are. Uh, I was raised in a strict Catholic household. I mean, we felt guilty. Like when the sun came up in the morning, I was like, I'm sorry. And I did three Hail Marys. So we didn't break rules. <laughs> like we just didn't, or I'm the guy if everybody else is breaking the rule, right? Like the one time I go and do it, I get caught and everybody else goes scot-free. Like, like that's me always. So the only thing that I can think of is sometimes I go too fast on my motorcycle. So if I happen to be going, I don't know, 90 or maybe a hundred miles an hour on some backcountry road. Jack Wright. And there was a, I know. Right? And there's a county cop out there. Uh, I would 100% be arrested for that. Jack, that's how I feel like Catholic boy, just guilt. I mean, okay. If I'll, and I'll just saying, hearing you say that my big thing would be public urination. I feel like I'll just be wherever I want outside when I'm drunk and somebody sees me, that's it. That's like the worst thing I'll do. Cause I have that Catholic right. guilt as well. Uh, Jack, you made me think of a quick story. A buddy, uh, a friend of a friend is a cop that sits on Lakeshore drive on a Sunday. And all of a sudden he's got, he's got, you know, the, the radar gun out whoosh 200 miles an hour a guy in a motorcycle just goes blaring by he's like there's no way i can catch this kid like none whatsoever but i still have to try throws on the lights goes chase after this guy the kid pulls over right and and he (laughs) the cop's like what are you doing why did you pull over there's no way i could have caught you and the kid's like hey can i go it's like no you can't go you're never gonna ride a motorcycle ever again in your life what are you doing you idiot wow (laughs) So yeah, that's, I feel uh, like before you go, I feel like Brendan would be like some somebody would be like murdering someone and get off scot free, but Brendan would, like would be pissing on the wall, and the cops would be like, "Get on the ground right now!" <laughs> <laughs> but that man's getting away. <laughs> I, you know, Brendan, I would have thought I would have thought you would have gone with polygamy for dipping your nuggets in too many sauces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised, but I have no comment. I'll take your help. I'll take your help on the kidnapping venture. (laughs) I love it. Listening to people talk about our last episode, things got a little more risque than they normally do. Not with the intention at all. PG 13 ish ish, right? (laughs) Family ish. Um, I don't know. I think I, uh, I had a a nickname in, in college, uh, for when I had been overserved, I liked it to go running. Uh, and so, uh, they called me the track star. Um, at one point it was one of my birthdays. I don't remember which one, uh, but it's in the middle of January. It was probably negative 10 degrees out and people like, Hey, Ryan, do you want your jacket? And I said, no, and just started running. Uh, so I just get the feeling like that I'd be running away from something and someone would, would think that I'm somebody else or, or something like that just cause the track star is running. Um, and so, you know, gotta be guilty by association. So maybe that'll be my job in the heist. I don't know. I'll run for something. I, I, I don't know. You're the getaway <laughs> driver slash somebody just hops on your shoulders and you start running <laughs> piggyback right away. Yeah. Now I have a question though on that. Were you like a wanderer? Like when you started oh, yes. drinking too much? I, I was first, I was everyone's best friend and I was the, I love you, man. And then it was, nobody can find Dangle anywhere. He's just, yep. he's gone. We don't know where he is. Uh, I always ended up safe, but, uh, but yeah, that, that was, those were my college days. I get it. I'm married to one of those. So every once in a while, I'm just like, Agnes, you can't, you can't walk home. It's two miles away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's never been an argument there. Never, never, never not one. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, it has been a fun ride, but it is time to get out of here. It's time to give shout outs. 
gentlemen, I just want to say before before we give shout outs, we want to give a collective one. Patrick Sheldon, we know uh, your wife gave birth to baby number three. And, uh, you know, we're just one, we're elated that you're here. And uh, fatherhood, I, I have learned very quickly, is, is truly an amazing thing. And, and I'm just we're stoked for you so very much. So congratulations, my friend. Thank you so much, fellas. I, I really appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Let me say um, you guys have quickly become part of the family. Uh, I appreciate the the shout outs and reaching out um, this week. Y'all are fantastic. Uh, yes, we are just elated to welcome uh, child number three. And uh, I take no responsibility for the terrible takes <laughs> over the next few days because I am extremely sleep deprived. So um, I just want to say that up front. <laughs> I was going to say you're playing on, you know, just like a really a few days since you know your, your child was born that's that's impressive so yeah run, running on fumes for sure he's a gamer yeah. he's a gamer <laughs> tell your son the bears are sorry tell tell him we're sorry mccaskies are sorry we apologize <laughs> i gotta get him prepared for what's to come for the, the rest of his life very very true all right shout outs let's go jack patrick brendan and i will finish it up Okay, I want to shout out uh, a couple of folks uh, who follow me uh, on the Twitter sphere. Uh, I think that uh, I don't know. There's some of them just fun and funny, uh, and I've, I've got as I've gotten more into it and learned how to use it, it's enjoyable to 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 follow. Um, Drunk Khalil Mack, uh, first of all, just a really terrific name. Uh, White Sox girl, uh, she's at White Sox girl two hundred two big White Sox fan and uh, some great tweets during what was the demise of our Chicago White Sox. Um, uh, Justin Eddy uh, at the Jetty. Uh, he's a big supporter, uh, I guess, of the Bears, but then also just likes to give me all kinds of crap, which is fun. And then, you know, this is a little ways back, but you know, what? NFL Australia, uh, there was a moment where they reached out to us and uh, we're, we're available. Like we'd love to to chat with you down under mate. So those are my shout outs. We'll obviously have to bring Ozzy in on that one. Ozzy, shout out to you in Melbourne, Australia right now. We love you, buddy. Hope you're well. So I've got two quick shout outs. Um, one, obviously my wife, she was phenomenal. Uh, as you mentioned, gave birth to our third son on Thursday. Um, uh, she amazes me every day, but how she pulled through uh, so quickly, I, I don't know. Shout out to all the moms out there. The birthing process is no joke. Um, it is amazing. Uh, a miracle, absolute miracle. And uh, I just wanted to shout out her for for being so fantastic and for giving me three wonderful boys. Um also, I want to shout out uh, George McCaskey. I know that sounds weird, but indulge me for just a second, gentlemen. Uh, George, if you're listening, I know you love this team. I know you love the fans. Please do the right thing here, okay? Um, you've got two choices the way I see it. You can either clean house at the end of the season and bring in somebody who understands football operations and understands how to put together a, an organization, uh, organizational structure that can win your other option is to just admit that you value um, loyalty over success and fans happiness. And, and I, I think I truly believe as much as you love this team, you will, you will vote for the former, but please do it because we bears fans are loyal ourselves and we deserve better. I feel like you just put me on your football knee there. Like, Talking to, uh, <laughs> like, listen, man. Fireside chat time. with Papa Sheldon, right? Like, that was, your, your voice got, like, really, like, soft there. I was like, oh, boy. I'm, like, locked in. <laughs> yeah, that's my, I, I went into my dad voice. I've been getting a lot of practice with that over the last few days. I just kind of reverted back to, you know, dad voice. I felt it, man. It was, like, camera, tight I focus. <laughs> Oh man, I got two quick shout outs as well. Uh, my first one goes to my guy, Jonathan Hand. Uh, he's at Jonathan A. Hand on Twitter. This guy is just such a big Bears fan. He's such a huge supporter of uh, the things I've done. And then of course this podcast, um, you know, he's, he's reached out to me a few times, like over the last few weeks, uh, he puts together some great threads. Uh, just like the nicest guy out there. And I believe, I think he's a writer too. So he's done some like TV work as well. So um, I enjoy following him. I enjoy our interactions, Jonathan. Thank you so much uh, for just being such a good dude. 
And my last shout out, guys, I can't believe we haven't brought this up yet. My last shout out goes out to Packers, Bob, because that cheese eating son of a bitch is creating lists every time. And he just created another one and added everyone to it about how the list of people that Aaron Rodgers owns. And he, of course, puts all the Bears fans on it. You know what? To be honest, I love it. This guy is like my absolute favorite now because all he does is just like <laughs> put out lists with everybody. He's got nothing better to do. I would love to talk with him. So if for, I hope if you're listening to this Packers, Bob, I'm going to just, you know, speak for everyone. I would love to have you on the podcast and just really get to know you and just kind of like, as Matt Nagy said, get to the whys. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> we can, but it, know, makes, we can collaborate. It, it legitimately we makes collaborate. Yeah. He, he never tweets. He I never, know. He just puts yeah. people on lists. Yeah. And he, he properly burned us, didn't he? Just properly burned us. I don't. I don't. He's not like it's... Steve Buscemi though in Billy Madison, is he? He's not like making those kinds of lists. Mm. Oh no, no, no! This was the you know I... list of people that Aaron Rodgers owns. <laughs> okay. You know, and yeah, that's list great. of Bears fans who are going to be wrong after this weekend or something. <laughs> yeah. Every few weeks, you just see your name pop up on another list, and you're like, "Am I in the club?" Like ch- checking with your friends, like, "Did you get in?" Yeah, I got. Did you get in? <laughs> Human beings should not own other human beings, Packers Bob. I don't. We, slavery it's was true. outlawed a long time ago, so <laughs> let's let's move on from that. Yeah. Um, it will come as no surprise to all of you. We have a lot of shout outs to give both BDR and me personally, uh, Greg Williams for stepping in. Um, there are some really nice Packers fans, people that are not going to just try to troll online. Greg is knowledgeable. He knows this stuff. And, you know, I think he could have taken a, a vastly different attitude than he did. And so Greg, we appreciate you so much. Uh, Jason Ward uh, at Jason Ward 23 is a Packers fan that I have the utmost respect for uh, just in all of his interactions with people on Twitter. Uh, he keeps it fun. He keeps it respectful. He keeps it light. And, uh, you know, so Jason, we, we appreciate you very much for that. Chuck and Mikey Barron, if you guys are listening, uh, I just, I knew them in, in an earlier part of my life and found out that they have been listening to the podcast. Uh, they're not on Twitter, but you know what, guys, uh, shout out to you. Thank you so much for listening. Logan Bradley's new job. Congrats, Logan, on the new job. Uh, we can't say what it is, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a really awesome gig and it's taking him out to Los Angeles. And so at some point he will share why, you know, what's going on with all of that. And, and we're excited about that one. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, another quick one, Lucas Scooches, not only the coolest name that's out there, but he's not even a big bears fan, but he listens to our pod, uh, and says that he really enjoys some of the banter and some of the, the things that we talk about. So Lucas, thank you so much to you. And the last one, guys, has got to go out to my guy, Chad Beasley. Now, Chad has gotten a shout out a couple times before, but, uh, Chad has reached out to, to support the Bear Down Report podcast in a couple different ways and just um, giving us some really great feedback and just been an all around wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, so we appreciate you. All right. Let me, uh, sorry, I, I don't mean to, uh, to jump in here, but I want to throw out one more shout out. I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out you all. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed jumping on this podcast with you guys for the last few weeks. Um, and I'm incredibly flattered and honored that you all would think of me to, to fill in for Logan while he's out. Um, I am psyched to be here. I love talking bears with you guys. Uh, I really enjoy this. So thank you so much for, for including me in this and uh, really appreciate it and really look forward to filling in as long as y'all need me. So thank you. I, I think it was Jack, correct me if I'm wrong. It was the very first time that, that Patrick was on the, I think we kind of shot each other a look and then it was a text message, like right afterwards, which is like, we need this guy around as much right. as is possible. Like he just, you just fit in right away, dude. And we, we had, a, we had an absolute blast. Absolutely. And you know, when, when Logan said he couldn't make it and it was, it was unanimous. All of us were like, well, obviously it's got to go to Patrick. And the fact that you were able to step in, dude, is, is just been awesome. Yeah, it's been great. I really enjoy it. Thank you guys. All right, folks. Uh, let's talk really quick. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you hear, hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience. But folks, if you love 
what you hear and you want to buy us a beer or donate to the Bear Down Report podcast in some way, shape, or form, you can head to beardownreport.com, uh, find the podcast section, click on any one of the podcasts, the individual podcasts, and you will see that there is a donate button that's there. We're not asking for anything great, folks. It's anything that you want to give. We would absolutely love it. If you do give us a donation, what we're going to do is we're going to give you a shout out. Uh, you're going to buy us a beer technically. And then at any time that we can, we're going to re- try to reciprocate as best we can. But obviously, we'll be giving you a shout out on this podcast. Um, folks, don't feel like you have to. If you like and en- enjoy listening to us, don't feel that you need to. But if you feel so inclined, we sure would appreciate it. And you will definitely be getting a shout out. Folks, we are so very thankful for all those amazing Bears podcasts that are out there that you've chosen to listen to the Bear Down Report podcast. Thank you so very much. We appreciate all of you more than we can say. For Jack Wright, Brendan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon, I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, as always, Bear Down.